You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you again today, and it's amazing. This platform that God has opened for us has actually caused us to be able to preach and spread the gospel to so many more people, not only in our church family, but so many more that are tuning in uh, today right around the world and across this nation. So thank you to the church family for sharing it and spreading the message of Christ, which is a message of love, the message of faith, and the message of hope, which I believe our society needs today as this situation continues to impact people in so many different ways. Uh, And uh, so I want to tell you that God is at work and He is completely in control, even though our lives might might seem chaotic and and, and confused and, and unstable in some ways. God is still in control and He really has your back. And so today I want to share with you on this day, Resurrection Sunday from the book of Luke, chapter 24 from verses 13 to 35. In fact, this is one of my favorite passages in scripture regarding the resurrection story, one of the many resurrection stories. You see, Jesus, when he rose from the dead on the third day, uh, he spent time with his disciples and each one of them had different experiences. When he, when the, when the uh, stone was rolled away from the tomb, it was the three Marys that were confronted by an angel and they spoke to her and they spoke to him while they were looking for their Lord and they couldn't find him and the angel explained to them what was happening and and John and Peter after hearing of this being competitive as they were tried to beat each other to the tomb not beat each other but they ran to try to beat each other to the tomb of Jesus and uh, after finding that he wasn't there instead of Understanding the scripture and the prophecy about the resurrection of Jesus confused them. And again and again, we see for about 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus appearing to the different disciples to show himself. We all know about Thomas as we affectionately know him as Doubting Thomas, who had to ask for the holes in Jesus' hands and feet and side in order for him to truly believe that this was the Messiah. But today we're going to talk about a, a, a couple of disciples that are not one of the famous 12 disciples. Uh, in fact, the Bible tells us one of their names was Cleopas. We're not really sure what the, the other name of the other guy was, but certainly in the book of Luke, it talks about Cleopas and the other disciples who were walking from Jerusalem three days after Jesus had died. But I want to highlight first of all the passage in the scripture as a kind of sort of pivot point where I want to take you today. In verse 30 of Luke chapter 24 it says, when he was at the table with them he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it and and began to give it to them. And in verse 31 It says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. What an amazing passage of scripture. The whole time 
that Jesus spent with them walking for about three and a half miles from Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus, which is about seven miles away from Jerusalem. Halfway through, they take a pit stop. And in this stop, they had dinner together. They never recognized Jesus. But at this point, when Jesus disappeared into thin air, they recognized who he was. It's both an incredible mystery that is filled with some level of tragedy and some level of excitement. They finally recognize that Jesus had risen from the dead. And yet, it's almost too late. He was gone. He was no longer there. Wouldn't it have been much better for them to recognize Jesus, who he was, as he was walking with them, as he was talking with them? Wouldn't that be a more, uh, you know, kind of sort of uh, great time of celebration? But they didn't get to do that. Because for most people, a lot of times, the recognition of God in the work that God is doing in their life is after the fact. It's amazing that faith can actually be sometimes hindsight. I want to encourage you today to make your faith something of not just a present or past tense, but something of the future. To know that your future is secure in God. You need to have the kind of faith to recognize who God was, who He is, and what He will be in your life. The disciples only saw Jesus from a historical perspective. And I'm going to go through this scripture to show you exactly what I mean by that. In verse 13, it says, Now on the same day, the two of them were walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. These two guys had been spent about almost three years with the other disciples in following Jesus. They heard the words of Jesus. They, they were encouraged by the power of God that was operating in Jesus' life. They saw the miracles along with the 12 apostles. But now they've come to a place where it seems as if their life and their ministry and their hope for the future is gone. They both have come from a village called Emmaus. They've gone to Jerusalem to see the crucifixion. They stayed for three days and they saw nothing. Nothing happened. I don't know, maybe they became impatient and said, well, you know, is this what Christianity is about? You know, God is gone again. You know, we had a good three years with Him, but now what do we have now? You see, in their eyes... Jesus was several things. If we go through this scripture, in verse 14, it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And I imagine they're talking about the last three years, not just the last three days. In verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. I find it fascinating the way that is inserted into the scripture, as if to say maybe that God blinded their eyes, you could say that, or maybe they just didn't recognize him. Some scholars say one of the reasons they didn't recognize him was because Jesus' body uh, was so mangled and his face was so disfigured that it, there, it was an impossibility for them to even recognize this resurrected body of Christ. Because of what he looked like three days ago. And maybe Jesus completely, his appearance was changed as a result of the resurrection. We're not really sure, but one thing that we are sure of, even though Jesus was right there with them, walking with them, they didn't recognize him. 
I find it a bit of a tragic situation when it comes to helping Christians in knowing God and growing with God because sometimes you can spend your life as a Christian and not really know the fullness of God. I want to encourage you today that as we continue to go through some of the adverse circumstances that we're in, to never forget who God is. Never forget what He has done for your life and never forget His promises for you. For the disciples, Jesus promised that He would rise on the third day, but they didn't recognize Him. I would suggest that maybe they forgot His promise. And maybe whenever we forget the things that God says, we forget how to, or we, we, we don't recognize Him because we, we don't recognize what He's done. In verse 17, when he asked, the Bible says, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. They were grieving. A friend has gone. Their vision's gone. Their hope is gone. They feel like the life's going nowhere. And then one of them named Cleopas in verse 18 says to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? As if they're looking at each other, who's this guy? Where has he been? Was he born yesterday? In verse 19, what things? Jesus asked. And they said, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. And this is what's fascinating about this. Listen to what Cleopas said. He was a prophet. Remember, last time I spoke, uh, about the revelation of Christ when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say I am? The Bible says that, that they told him, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. That's how they saw Jesus. And yet they saw his good deeds by saying he was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And in verse 20, the chief priests and rulers, our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And in verse 21, but we had hoped. Listen to where their hope was. See, most people fail in really living a truly dynamic, energetic, vibrant life with Christ because of two things. We have the wrong expectation of God. And number two, we don't really fully understand who He is. See, they didn't recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior. They saw Him by the limitations of a human being as a prophet, as merely a servant of God. And in verse 21, look where their hope is. The Bible tells us, this is what they said, but we had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's a third day. And since, since all this took place, in essence, what they're saying, Jesus didn't measure up to what we expected Him to do. He, we wanted Him to establish a new government. We wanted freedom from the Roman government. We wanted freedom so that we can become a nation again. And what was prophesied in the Old Testament about the Messiah that would come to Israel, unfortunately, the people of God at that time, instead of seeing God's bigger plan for the whole world, they only saw God's plan for themselves. They only saw their own adversity. They only saw their own challenges. They said, we just want to be out of this problem. We just want to be out of this captivity. We just want to be out of this 
colonization uh, you know of, of, of the Roman Empire we just want to be our own people that's all they could see and as they read the Old Testament all they could think about was that Jesus is coming or the Messiah was coming to set us free from all of these situation that we're in and for some people Jesus is just that a Messiah the guy that takes your problems away the guy that takes you away from your problems but Jesus is trying to teach him something deeper, something greater, something bigger here. In his patience, Jesus just listened to them. Isn't it wonderful about Jesus? You know that his patience is so long with you. He can handle your frustrations. God can handle I've, I've driven down this M, M1 many, many times because I've, and I've felt frustrated. And I'd be yelling at God. And, and hear this right, not because I'm angry with God, because sometimes I'm frustrated with life. I feel like these guys on the third day, God, it's been three days and nothing's happening. I feel like you promised me this. I feel like I prayed for this. And I could put a list of the disappointments and frustrations that I have as a Christian and as a, as a father and, and, and a husband and, and, and you know, as, as, a, as a member of our community. And I could see it. And then I could feel it and I would yell at God, God, why is this happening? Why me? And, and this and that and this and that. And you know what? Anytime that I've said that, I've never had God said, shut up. I'm done with you. You know why? Because sometimes God will just walk with you until you're ready to listen to Him. What I love about God is that b before you could say anything, He's already there. He walked for three miles before he said anything. Wow. And you know, sometimes you just need someone to walk with you. And as a church, we want to be people that will walk with you and not have to tell you how to live your life and allow God's Spirit to really soften your heart and give you an opportunity to respond to God. And I love this. And from verse 21 onwards, we find that Jesus corrects them. And as, or rather from verse 25, and as I, they, they started to talk about this idea of third day, their, their impatience and, and their sense of hopelessness, Jesus inserts himself in the conversation in verse 25. And he said this, How foolish you are and how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things then enter his glory? Jesus was giving them a clue, a cheat code. He's basically saying, don't you get it? Your understanding of, 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 of the Old Testament is not what God was trying to say to you. Understand that in the limitation of our minds, in the emotions that we feel in the midst of our adverse circumstances, sometimes it can be difficult to understand what God is saying. So how do we recognize God in the midst of darkness, in the midst of trouble? I read to you the scripture right at the very end in verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open. The simple answer to that question is this. Allow Jesus in your heart. Revelations 2 tells us, Jesus knocks at the door. If you open your heart, he will come in and sup with you. And He'll be with you. The only way you really recognize His work, His promises, His presence is when you allow Him to enter your life.
and just sit in the stillness of letting him be God. This Resurrection Sunday, the power of the resurrection is simply this. Let God be God in every area of your life and let him have fellowship with you. Know him and be intimate with him. God bless you. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.